What's up, everybody? This is Pastor Justin. So glad you're tuning in to this 242 Young Adults podcast. We're going to be starting a new series on fasting. I'm, I'm so excited to get this series started. I know that this is a spiritual discipline that can bring such incredible results in your life. And so we're going to be talking about fasting, living a lifestyle of pursuit. You know, when we talk about fasting, there's a lot of stuff going around today in, in different church circles uh, regarding the idea of fasting, whether fasting is even necessary at all, if it's something that's even expected or required of a Christian or of a believer in Christ, whether it's even a practical spiritual discipline. And so today, before we start getting into the whys and hows, I think we're going to take care of that next session, but I really want to take a look at the Old Testament and really discover what fasting meant to the people of Israel. We're going to be talking about true fasting and how we can learn from history. To understand fasting in the Old Testament, we got to recognize that there were required fasts and there were occasional fasts. Required fast, really, it came down to the Day of Atonement, uh, the day where this was a corporate fast where everybody had their sins atoned for by the high priest. The high priest would enter in uh, to the presence of God, they called the Holies of Holies, uh, and make a sacrifice atoning for the entire nation's sin. That was the only required fast in the Old Testament for the people of Israel. Later on, Jewish people began fasting annually to recognize nationally significant occurrences. When you look at occasional fasts, occasional fasts were more subject to either the individual, they could be, they could be corporate as well, uh, and then fasting could be vicarious. So you could do it for yourself, you could do it as, as a corporate body, and then you could do it for or on behalf of someone else. So what I want to talk about uh, today is true fasting. So we're going to be in the book of Isaiah, chapter 58. I'm going to be reading from verses 1 to 9. So if you've got your phone or, or your Bible handy, uh, if you want to read along with me, that's great. Uh, it says this, verse 1 of Isaiah, chapter 58. It says, Shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? 
Is not this the kind of fast I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and He will say, Here I am. So I want to talk about three ways to see powerful fasting in your life. And the first thing that we see is that we sincerely need to pursue God. In verses 2 and 3 it says, For day after day they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what's right and hasn't forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. You know, when it says day after day they sought God, they had to be seeking Him in some way, but they weren't seeking Him wholeheartedly or with sincerity. You know, when it comes to uh, an application for us, a lot of the times we can know truth. We can know truth about God. We can know truth about Christ, about the Holy Spirit and Scripture. But do we live like we know what is true? It's easy to get involved with the routine of church. Sometimes it's easy to show up on a Sunday morning and do your church thing, and then when you leave there, you go and do your life thing. See, the problem with today's society is we have dichotomized the church and our social life. We have created a dichotomy between what we do on a Sunday morning and how we live for the rest of the week. And can I tell you that until you begin to recognize that your walk with Christ, your lifestyle with Christ is your identity as a person. It's not just something you do. It's not just an aspect of who you are. Once your relationship with God becomes something that is more real, something that is more tangible than just a a Sunday morning attendance, it becomes part of who you are. It is who you are as a person. I remember reading Jonah, and when, when the people of Nineveh asked Jonah who he was, he said, I am a Hebrew who serves Yahweh. He associated who he served with who he was as an individual. And we need to get there as, as a church, as a people, as a, as a Christian. Even you now listening to this podcast, I'm challenging you now. Begin to step out and to begin to recognize that your relationship with Christ is your identity. It is who you are. Church is not something that you just do on a Sunday morning. Your relationship with Christ is who you are as a person. It's not a part. Of who you are. The people seemed like they wanted to know God, and they even seemed like they wanted God to be near them. I liken it to a tree that outwardly appears to be alive, but is dead on the inside. Yeah, I don't know if you were like me as a child, but I was a I was a tree climber. I, I loved climbing trees uh, as a kid. 
I remember we lived in an apartment complex. There was this giant tree. I, I climbed it all the way to the top. I could see above all of the apartments and into the city of Springfield, Missouri. And uh, I remember one time I, I was climbing a tree and I grabbed onto a branch. It looked like it could support my weight. I grabbed onto it and it broke. Why? Because it was dead. The, the, the limb was dead. It was like a a tree that blows over in a hurricane and you see how shallow the roots are. That's sort of how it is with the people of Israel in this case. They seemed on the outside to be godly. They seemed as if they followed the commands of God, but on the inside, there was no change. And my challenge to all of us is in our church life, it's easy to put on a show. It's easy to raise our hands, to say amen, to talk about God with people when we're at church. Uh, we can even fast before God. We can even practice spiritual disciplines, looking alive, but in reality, just going through the motions or just putting on an appearance of righteousness. God is all about your heart. He wants to know why you're doing what you're doing. And He cares more about why you're doing things in your life than you actually doing them. Motive is everything. When I go out in the streets of Manchester and I purchase, you know, a homeless person a meal and have a conversation with them, if I'm doing that just to look like a holy person, then I've missed the point. If my motivation is to get some sort of praise from people around me or to tell the story and get praise, I've missed the point completely. The point that you do those things is because you care about people and you want to minister to people. The people of Israel asked, why aren't you noticing our fasting? See, they were practicing something physically, and they're saying, God, why, why aren't you reacting to what we're doing? And I want to warn each and every single one of you, fasting is not arm twisting. Do not turn fasting into arm twisting. You don't just fast to get what you want. You can't live however you want and then, you know, oh, well, I think I'm going to fast now. Because uh, I want to make sure that I get this, or I want to make sure that this happens for me. And, and I, you know, I know if I fast, I can make God do that for me. These people held a very high opinion of their spirituality. And there's people in, in the church today, and, I, and I'm challenging you. I, I don't want this to come across as a rebuke. What I want this to be is something that encourages you uh, and maybe convicts you to to push forward and to look at your heart as a believer in Christ to make sure that there is nothing going on in your life that is done for the sake of you. No actions taking place in your life that simply you're doing it just so that everybody sees it. You're doing it just so that it appears as if, wow, this guy really has something going on with God. But that you recognize the importance of your heart. And it goes across the board, not just with fasting, but with any spiritual discipline, with your prayer, with your time in the Word, with your worship, any type of sacrificial time and meditation or, or spending time in God's presence. It's not about appearing holy. It's not about blabbing about how much you pray, talking about how much you read so that you know you appear so holy to everybody else. It's about your heart for God and your heart for relationship with Him. Relationship with God is never about how holy you are or about how great you are. It's all about how great He is and how holy He is. Jensen Franklin, one of the leading, I'd say, experts on fasting uh, today, just because of the strong emphasis that he places on it at his church, Free Chapel in Atlanta, Georgia, 
He said, fasting is a decision to sow into your spirit rather than to be ruled by your appetite, your physical desires. Galatians 6 comes to mind. He who sows into his flesh will reap flesh, but he who sows to his spirit will reap eternal life. You know, if we want to see powerful fasting in our lives, we got to sincerely pursue God and avoid counterfeit holiness. I just want to spend a little bit of time here on the idea of sowing. Uh, what you sow into yourself, you will reap. And I think we're going to stop here after this point. We'll, we'll continue on part two of true fasting, learning from history. So when we talk about the idea of sowing, I, I want you to understand when you fast, you are making a decision to sow into your spirit and to remove those parts of your life where you may be sowing into your flesh. And this is what people don't understand. You know, what you sow into yourself, you're going to reap. So a lot of times people are saying, why am I still struggling with lust in my life? Why am I still struggling with gossip? Why am I still struggling with anger? Why am I still struggling with unforgiveness? But they don't recognize what are you sowing into your life? What kind of media, what kind of stuff are you consuming? What kind of music are you listening to that may be evoking lust? What kind of television shows, what kind of movies you're watching that may be evoking lust in your life? And it may be subtle things, but what are you sowing into yourself? And you may say, why am I struggling? Well, what what are you watching on a daily basis? Because that's that's what you're sowing. That's what you're choosing to sow into yourself. So you will reap lust if you are sowing lustful things into your life. If you're gossiping and struggling with gossiping, well, if you are sowing into that gossip by hanging around people who love it, who are consumed with it, who can't do anything but it, then you may be saying, why am I struggling with it? Well, because you are sowing gossip into your life. Why am I angry? Why am I unforgiving? Well, what thoughts are you sowing into yourself? What grudges are you holding onto and sowing into yourself that are keeping you from letting those things go? We struggle with things sometimes because we are sowing flesh into our flesh, and that's why we're still struggling with different things. But when you begin to sow spirit into your spirit, you're going to reap eternal life. There's going to be success. When you begin to reap the word of God into your life, you're going to see that there's not going to be a struggle with the things of this world, with the flesh, because the more that you sow into your spirit, the greater your spirit is going to grow. The more that you begin to sow into prayer and to sow into worship and to sow into fasting, like what we're talking about right now, you're going to begin to see strongholds broken in your life, chains broken in your life. You're going to begin to see God work in such a mighty way in your life because you're not sowing into your flesh with flesh, but you're sowing into your spirit with the word of God. With focused prayer, you're seeking after God with all of your heart through fasting, through worship, and that is when you begin to see things change. I want you to recognize there's a correlation, and I'm going to close with this. There's a correlation between physical fasting and the spiritual side of fasting. When you fast food, you are detoxifying your body. When you eat food, when you consume different things, uh, you are releasing different toxins into your body. And when you fast, you are expelling those toxins. You are allowing those toxins to be rid of your body. 
And when you look at it spiritually, when we fast, we are in essence detoxifying ourselves from anything that is not godly. We are in essence taking away all of the the junk that we've put into our lives, the things of the flesh maybe that we've been sowing into, uh, any of that extra things that maybe have been hindering us, we're detoxifying ourselves from those things spiritually, and we're seeking God, we're seeking to be filled with the desires of Christ. We're seeking to be filled with the Spirit and not with the flesh. If you want to see powerful fasting in your life, you need to seek after God with a sincere heart. We have two more points that I want to discuss with you. Uh, So we'll be hopefully maybe knocking off those two in this next podcast. We'll continue this session on true fasting, learning from history. We'll catch you guys later. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you in a little bit. Bye.